Welcome to another edition of Hit The Lights podcast. I've got a very special guest with me today. I've got Chris Guyatt. How are we doing? Yeah, good, Gary. Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Are you keeping busy at the moment? Yeah, just just flat out panel building at the moment. Um, so I, I, I don't know if you follow my socials. I, I put a fair amount of um, panel work on my socials and most of it's from um, my garage, which has been converted into a workshop. So I'm sort of, um, yeah, just in there most of the time at the moment. So, yeah, just plodding away, building panels, designing panels, that sort of thing. No, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, panel building's close to my heart. So I was in a firm that did it for about 10 years. So that was... Yeah. Uh, did, did you do much panel building? Um, I did a bit. Um, I ended up probably jumping into a little bit of the PLC commissioning for a little while. Yeah. And then ultimately I was in, I was just project managing and, and overseeing it, but touching yeah. on the detail where needed sort of thing. Yeah. It's... So if I was doing panel building flat out all the time, I think it, it would probably get a little bit monotonous. But because I'm able to sort of break it up with some design work, some commissioning work, it it's quite I quite like it. You know, I quite like getting hands on and and basically seeing your designs come from a design all the way into, you know, an actual a panel which you designed. It's really nice being a part of that that whole process. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, that probably leads us into uh, the obvious first question. Um, what was your journey into the industry? I started off um, in a mechanical electrical apprenticeship back in the day when I left school near on, well, about, yeah, 16 years ago. We, it was more sort of mechanical um, biased and it was in, a, it was in um, a pipe industry, so where they basically take sheet metal and it goes along a pipe mill and it gets folded into pipe and then um, machines that weld it as it's going along so like rf welding and then other machines that sort of slice it as it's going along and seam annealers that take the weld off as it's going through this um, pipe mill um, so yeah i started off on a on a in a, in a workshop big old workshop in um, basingstoke chinham um yeah as an apprentice really just doing mostly mechanical fitting a bit of electrical fitting and doing like um some fabrication work like copper fabrication work and obviously doing all the um stuff through college and all that training and mvqs and all of that um but i always i was always more interested in in the electrical side but wasn't wasn't doing that at college really was doing a load of mechanical stuff that was never applied in, in the workshop or the job that I was doing which kind of felt like a waste of time um but yeah always enjoyed the electrical um so anyway yeah so did did that for four years was made redundant at the end of that and I I think they were probably trying to get rid of me because I'd kind of had enough of working on the workshop and I wanted to go out and do service work with the service engineers like out on site and get more electrical experience and the position wasn't really available and you know I was I was your typical apprentice back in a day just not really that interested my uh, my best man uh, my wedding about a year ago he brought this up in his best man speech because I used to work with him and uh, yeah he said uh, he brought up the fact that my nickname was Knuckles because I just sort of dragged my <laughs> knuckles across the floor and not be that interested, which is, I th- to be honest, I think 
it's probably quite rare to get an apprentice that's that's keen. I mean, I hear lots of stories about apprentices not being that good. So, but you know, it's you know, you're not interested in those sort of things when you're that young, or it's rare that they are. So, so yeah, it wasn't wasn't. But yeah, was encouraged to move on. That's when I kind of got a taste of um, the next place that I went to. That's where I kind of got a a taste of like home automation and smart homes. Uh, and that was joining a company, a startup in so around 2007-2008, company called Webbrick Systems, which if who, anyone who's familiar with Loxon, the, the green mi, uh, mini server, the main controller, like the PLC, it was very similar to that. So yeah, joined, joined Webbrick and was doing panel work and doing um, sort of managing the, the production line, doing R&D stuff. It was yeah, really, really interesting, really cool. Get involved in some programming and stuff. But because it was like around 2008, the recession, um, unfortunately, it, and, and I think it was before its time, really, things in that industry hadn't really taken off yet. Um, so unfortunately, they ended up sort of going under um, and I moved on. So I was, I was there about a year, year and a half. <clears throat> moved on did recruitment for about six months absolutely hated it and then I was able to actually do what I originally wanted to do which was uh, service engineering work mm. so um so yeah it was, it was just a fantastic experience like early early 20s um basically joined a company called Denison's who all their work was subcontracting to Hewlett Packard and we were basically in the industrial printing or, or basically installing their industrial printers so massive printers you know sizes just just massive basically like you know size of size of my house not as a massive house but yeah size of my house like in terms of like the the ground floor foot space um, yeah. which would like basically print um the, the, the printer that i specialized in was a a flatbed printer which would like move back and forth with media on it and then like um, it would get printed on and this sort of media would be used in like, you know, the cinema billboard things or stuff right. hanging from supermarkets, you know, these big flat um, printed displays. Um, so travel all over EMEA um, was leading teams of engineers of like different, um, different nationalities. And yeah, it was just, it was just great really. It was a great experience. Um, but it was just too much traveling in the end. So after four years of, um, yeah, of just traveling around, getting back on a Friday, wanting to see your mates, go down the pub and stuff, and then and then having to leave sort of um, afternoon on a Sunday to get back out and fly somewhere, it just became too much. And when you're sort of in your 20s and, you know, you want to do other things like see your mates and go to the gym, play rugby and all the rest of it, it didn't really work so yeah four years of doing that then did a couple of other more local service engineering roles which I got bored of quite quickly and then um, I yeah just didn't really know what to do in terms of my career um, stopped playing rugby so my, my focus was much more on my career then this was sort of around 28 um, yeah the age I was about 28 and then just start thinking about how much I enjoyed Webbrick and home automation really, really, it was really interesting to me. 
and then got in contact with an old contact um, who was actually the MD of um, Locks on UK, um, who I actually worked with uh, back at the Webrick Systems. Um, yeah, got in contact with him um, after all those years, and there was a position at Loxon. Um, so I got taken on as uh, what they called at the time. I don't know whether they still refer to him as, as, a, par- as a partner coach. But basically, yeah, taken on to um, help their network of installers basically train them up and help them implement and plan projects and stuff. And so I got involved with demonstrations and training, like proper out of my comfort zone, doing doing week-long trainings to guys that, yeah, I've never done before and getting involved with sales on the phone and, yeah, demos to clients and just, just ended up loving it, loving the technology, um, learning, just learning so much. I was there about a year and a half and, yeah, it was just brilliant. And then after that, I did my own thing, um, did, did contracting for about six months. Then COVID kicked in. I had a wedding to pay for, so I needed sort of regular income. That's when I managed to blag, <laughs> blag a position as an electrical controls engineer, or at least it started as a, a junior electrical controls engineer at a local firm where I live. And because there was no one else there really that was doing sort of electrical apart from the, the owner who was obviously busy with other things, it sort of fell on me to do everything from, you know, the design. I'd never done design work before, understanding logic and relay logic in a much more much more deeply. Yeah, and just managing the whole project really from from taking the spec, the FDS, the um, functional design spec, all the way through to the design, the panel building, the testing, and then installation and commissioning. Yeah. So again, just really, really good experience, and I was pretty much free to do what I wanted. So learning as I went, so blowing things up and burning things out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one was breathing down my neck, so you know, it was just I was yeah free to do what I liked really and and learn at my own in my own way really and not many not my my boss would sort of um help me here and there but it was mainly sort of gathering information off Instagram YouTube Google and it just shows you know you can find everything that you need to know or you can find so many things to learn just by the internet which is obviously a fantastic resource you know like people ask me on Instagram, you know, what qualifications have you got for doing what you do now? And I say, well, none really. I mean, an apprenticeship back in the day, but I don't think you necessarily, you know, you might disagree with me, Gary, you know, I don't know what, what qualifications you've been through and stuff, but yeah. it's just, I think you just, as long as you can do it, it doesn't matter, does it really? As long as you can do design work and panel building, it's, and you can prove that. Obviously, a part the whole reason for apprenticeships is on the on the job learning, isn't it? So yeah, it, it's it, it's widely accepted that that's a part of it. I think yeah. the the other aspect is obviously the certification and the formal qualifications in terms of verifying your your knowledge. I suppose is is mm-hmm. the key thing to show that you do understand. How, mm-hmm. how, I mean, with that in mind, then I suppose my question would be, how have you got around the safety aspect of it? Because obviously, like to know your own competence I suppose is the key and and like you say if you know what you're competent at and what you're not but I suppose it's knowing the limitations of your own boundary of knowledge if you know what I mean 
Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I did, I did go through some other electrical qualifications like 18th edition and 2391 that that sort of expanded that understanding. But I think, from my opinion, um, everything that you need to know, you know, everything, anything that you need to find is out there on the internet, really. I mean, it's it's quite shocking actually. Um, so the BMS stuff that I'm doing at the moment, there's 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 much more awareness around like electrical control panel safety and certification and standards and C marking. But there's still there's a hell of a lot of panels out there that that you can tell that they 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 don't conform to any standard. They're not C marked. They're they're not signed off. Um, and in the home automation and smart home industry, um, it, in my experience, is almost non-existent. Um, people, or it's, it's because a lot of it's um, domestic and, and yeah, domestic really. People just think of um, BS seven six seven seven one, you know, electrical installation. But actually, the, the this standard uh, 60204, um, and if you actually read in 7671, everything inside the panel doesn't necessarily have to, or it is separate to the installation, to yeah. 7671. So, yeah, so there's basically, I don't think people realise that. And it, it actually says in BS 7671 that this the scope of BS 7671 doesn't, or I can't remember how it states it, but it basically says that, yeah, there's another standard for BS BS 60204 for control panels, basically. So yeah, it's not it's not. There could be a lot of improvement in on the domestic side for smart homes and home automation, but again, it's because people aren't aware. Yeah, I think the the key thing is, like you say, it anyone can kind of go and put stuff into an enclosure can't they i think it's the it's the paperwork exercise behind it that's yeah the, dif- the difficult part when you're putting all the contactors and relays in mm-hmm. it's well does that make a an inherently safe system or particularly like you know when you've got e-stop circuits and, and things like yeah. that it becomes a bit more yeah um, I, I think we in the industry that you're in and that i was in when there's um you know explosive atmospheres and when you're actually dealing with machinery where you need like safety like pilts safety relays and all of that i think it's it's far more critical in in those sort of industries and yeah. you know um is barriers so like um, intrinsically safe barriers in explosive environments you know i think it's, it's absolutely critical in those industries less so in the building management and building automation but it it should still be taken into account but like i said people just aren't aware of it yeah do you do anything to educate um your clients in that way not really (laughs) not really i mean if i see if i see an awful panel that i know just isn't safe and i've been to a fair few takeover projects where you know it's just it, it isn't good um but it's you know, the customers either inherited that property as it is. Uh, it might have been from a previous guy that was a DIYer that did it himself. Um, or, you know, it might have been someone that just wasn't, um, didn't really know, didn't really have the educational experience. Um, but, you know, it's not like they want to pay thousands of pounds to have it ripped out and redone. And it's just, you know, when it's 
it's working. It's just not necessarily safe. So yeah, you can mention it, but it's it's in my experience, I've never had a client that's gone, ah, oh, we better redo that. No, yeah, no, I, I I get that. I mean, it's hard enough to get customers, certainly domestically, to understand the electrical installations, let alone when you get into the yeah. realm of panels and and compliance of parts. It's um straight over the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, so in terms of uh, your, what you deliver then would you be able to give a little bit more into the smart homes element of your your installations and what you do for your for your clients yeah so um so i focus on locks on obviously so i used to work there um control four which control four is more of like a, an audio visual cinema room solution um and knx so um and then you can pretty much do the same thing with all of them. Um, some like Loxon, for example, it's it's a really good sort of out the box system for for automation. But it's almost like it's not a closed system. They sort of refer to it as a a clopen system. Um, so you can do everything within the Loxon ecosystem, but you can also integrate other third party devices and and use various different protocols like Modbus and RS-485 and all of that stuff. So it's a great, Loxon's a great system for, I think, people that are getting into the industry um, uh, and for customers that are really keen on automation where they don't necessarily want to go to a light switch on the wall or or go to their app on their phone they just want things to happen automatically through motion sensors through timers that sort of thing um knx um so knx i'd say is more i'm not saying locks one's not reliable but um knx is like an international standard that you know all these manufacturers have to adhere to and it's quite hard to um to build products that comply or you have to jump through a lot of hoops so i'd say knx is more standardized but then to do like automation tasks like um uh, i don't know for example flash the lights when the doorbells rung like you can like so with locks on that would take two seconds that doesn't take long at all but with knx there's a lot more programming and it's not necessarily inherently designed for automation it's not so you couldn't do it so um so yeah those there's there's all these little trade-offs and then control four it's mainly sort of for you know people that like in interacting with their smart home um through um touch pads or um or remotes and maybe they're more into like audio tvs and cinema rooms and stuff like that um, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it, did. it definitely did. I think it probably leads into lots of other questions that I've kind of got. Um, I mean, so in terms of like the systems you implement, do you find that you end up uh, hardwiring more of the stuff then? Do you end up using Wi-Fi based or is that very much customer led? Yeah, so if, if you've probably heard it before, but if you can pull a wire to it, and yeah do do it you know because um it's going to be more reliable there's gonna it's not going to be like as opposed to if it was wireless um then it's not susceptible to interference you know you're not um you're not necessarily having to rely on batteries a lot of this stuff is uh battery powered unless you've got like a local power supply um so yeah definitely if you can if you can pull a cable like if it's a full renovation or a new build then absolutely you want to you want to run a cable uh, for all these different um components but 
you know, my, my house, for example, I've got it all kitted out with locks on and 80% of it is is all retrofit wireless devices and it it works perfectly okay um i'm i've got relatively thin walls it's a relatively small house you know it's a three bed um end the terrace so the 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 wireless isn't struggling too much to to make that um connection and uh, communicate back to the main controller so yeah new builds renovation you want to wire it and then any sort of retrofit then then yeah you're probably gonna have to look at uh, the wireless stuff and actually the it, the batteries it, it depends where the device is in terms of how it's getting how it's um getting back to the main controller um which will determine its battery life um so obviously if there's a if it's quite a long way away and there's lots of things in its way and maybe it's possibly going through i don't know a metal door or a window then it's gonna use its battery life up quicker than something that's right next to it with a clear sort of line of sight. But generally, you know, especially on the locks on stuff, the batteries last a fair amount of time and, you know, it's not too much hassle to, to replace them. So, so yeah. What What's one of the um, more, let's say, I'll say complicated, but one of the more interesting things that you've had to install or, or automate as part of yeah, your work? I suppose home cinemas, they, they can be fairly tricky. Yeah. The, the thing I was going to say, stuff in the, like plant rooms, basically, like um, high-end residential commercial plant rooms are where you've actually got to design, you know, all these relays and um, taking feedback from pumps and whether they're in fault or, or, or whatnot, and then feeding that back to like lights on front of the BMS, um, but also into the controls like the KNX system to then have that send us an email, for example, when a pump goes into fault, we know straight away um, and we can let the customer know before they know about it. So it's it's sort of the design and then like the working out the relay logic and and that that's what interests me. Um, I haven't been I haven't done too many cinema rooms um, at the moment. I'd I'd really like to um, just not had not had the opportunity yet. So I can't really comment on the on the cinema stuff. But but yeah, I, for me it's it's the the BMS and building management that sort of really interests me. Um, do you find do you find like obviously you mentioned there obviously if a pump fails you're getting the notification is that naturally following into maintenance contracts for yourself as well or um are you kind of leaving that to the the customers to manage their systems yeah it's it's it, i mean if we if we've got a, a maintenance contract then um yeah we can sort of if if we if we're available we can get to site and put things right or you know we can can we can get in contact with a uh, a local contractor like an, a heating engineer or plumber that can that can go and investigate um we 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 kind of just don't want the the customer to um you know be left with with a system that's not working you want to get it sorted mm-hmm. as soon as possible and that's the beauty of of a bms it can be it's like it's almost a proactive response rather than a reactive response kind of <laughs> yeah. so we can put things right immediately um no 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 i mean yeah it's obviously it's something um that naturally lends itself into that that 
area of work then isn't it um, with, with, with the com- on the commercial side it's even more critical so if you've got like a, a hotel for example that's meant to be providing hot water to all their mm-hmm. guests you know you're going to have you're going to have backup systems and um oh, what do they call it where they sort of have a you might know like say you like maybe a cascading boiler setup so you you've always got like one spare um boiler you know if the other two pack up yeah, duty standby sort of That's thing, yeah. exactly yeah. Du- yeah duty standby setup so not only with boilers but with pumps as well so you know so if a pump does go down the other one then automatically goes in or starts running but then in the meantime you're aware of it and then you can go and fix that that other pump yeah definitely yeah i mean that yeah like you say commercial industrial applications um yeah we utilize a lot of that in the water industry you know typically where we have duty assist and standby yeah um, all all, all operating um and rotating them as well you know that's where it really starts getting a bit more interesting doesn't it yeah exactly so with the boilers like you, you set them into like cascading so you have one boy boiler one run for a week then it will stop and it'll move over to boiler two same thing with that and then over to boiler boiler three or maybe yeah. if they're running in pairs you, you do it you know in a similar. yeah because i mean that's that's one thing we always consider <laughs> is that you don't want them all running out at the same time in terms of their life and wear so you always run one more heavily than the others and you have yeah. to factor that into the code and stuff so that's always yeah. interesting yeah yeah, that's at the moment. That's what really sort of interests me, and I'm still sort of learning, learning about it. And this is the great thing about this industry. There's just so much to learn. Like you're all, there's always something new to learn, which is which is great. Yeah, no, definitely. Every day's a school day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so how do you differentiate yourself from others in the market then? So yeah, so I would say for for me, um, I. Well, firstly, I'd like to think that I've got really good experience with Loxon because I've worked there. So I'd say that, you know, I'd, I'd be one of the, in the UK at least, one of the, the guys with uh, some of the best experience. So maybe that would be a selling point to me. Um, but I think more so is, is which, would, which would differentiate me to maybe other guys in the industry is is being able to do the BMS side you know larger residential projects and commercial projects that that need this that need the sort of the bms um and the functionality sort of thing that we just talked about um i think that i think because um they're kind of separate so you've got bms industry which is sort of mainly commercial you know hospitality and all of that um and then you've got the the home automation smart home where you've got things like uh, locks on and and control four. Um, I think they're separated, and and the guys sort of on the smart home side maybe don't know as much about the BMS side, and the guys on the BMS side they, you know, they don't really get involved in the smart home stuff. So I think just having being able to offer um, BMS, you know, building management services and large plant room control on you know just running in the background and then have something like um um control four for example on the front end where the the um the customer can can interact with and 
you know, just having having yeah, like the BMS and the and the the HVAC running in the background, like integrating those two things uh, and having a an efficient um, yeah HVAC system that runs as it should, um, and allowing clients to be aware if if there uh, if there's any issues and we can get them sorted as you know proactively. Uh, I think that's probably what would differentiate me. Yeah. Man, that's no, that's always good, isn't it? Obviously, having a, a specified knowledge in products definitely uh, assists a business. And have you have, have you ever explored not partnership, but those sorts of things with with Loxon? Um, partnership with Loxon. Well, in terms of obviously your your experience with their products, you previously worked there. You know, obviously, yeah. I'm assuming there there might be some opportunities there to do that sort of partnership. Yeah, so. It's it's locks <laughs> locks on are a bit of a strange one. They they yeah I, you know I promoted locks on for ages for for a long time since I left like on my on my socials and don't get any recognition whatsoever. Right. Which is which is actually you know what uh, and no one has no one that ever like uh, posts something about locks on on their stories it never gets reshared like like it's always been done with like Control Four. And yeah. I've never understood it. And I actually spoke to one of the marketing guys on on DM the other day, and was like, "Why?" Because I noticed they'd actually shared someone's uh, story, and it's like, "Oh yeah, we're we're going to be doing that more more now." But they haven't done it in the past, so it's it's like they've never been interested. Um, mm. And and because I've worked there, I kind of kind of knew that already. So. You know, if they wanted to do something, then then great, I'll be I'll be well up for that. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and push it myself because I know <laughs> what the answer is gonna be. You know. Yeah, and no, fair enough. Yeah, and no, obviously some are late to the party with regards to the socials. I mean, you see it with yeah. um, some of the CPSs for you know the electrical industry, um, very late to the party and 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 very light touch with the engaging. What was CPS? Um, so the likes of NIC, uh, oh. EIC, the Nappets. Okay, yeah. Um, in terms of their social media presence, I mean, yeah, very, it is very light touch. You get kind of CPD elements through them, you know, um, professional development and stuff like that, and some some little bits of learning. Um, but you know, they're obviously it's all promotional. I tend to find, and they're they're leading you into a path of um, exploring their content more on their website. Mm, yeah yeah i mean yeah just back to your back to your question i mean i, I i'd love to whether it's locks on whether it's knx whether it's control four you know if there's ever you know opportunity where we can help each other like i think i think it's it's great for everyone isn't it and everyone everyone benefits i mean obviously one of, one of the key things is is commissioning a system do you do you play a, a big part in that so at the moment i'm doing a lot of um contracting work like most of the beer or all of the bms panels that i'm doing at the moment they're for they're for a um a business in that do high-end residential and commercial in london so i've been nagging them a little bit lately to because i'm starting to get a bit um what's the word i feel uh, i'm not getting that much human contact because i'm just locked away <laughs> in, my, in my workshop building these panels so i'm sort of nagging them to to let me get out a little bit and get yeah. to site and, and do some uh, commissioning but that's what I like when I was doing um, this electrical controls um, uh, for this previous previous company like 
that's what I like. I'm not too keen on installation work, but I love getting out on site and, and commissioning it and handing it over to, to the customer, um, we, you know, which I do with like my own uh, locks on projects, control four projects. But yeah, with the BMS, there's obviously a bit more to it and making sure all the pumps are running and boilers are firing and, you know, there's much more to it, which, which, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I'd like to do more of it, basically. <laughs> no, that's that's always good. I mean, in terms of the smart home, then, obviously, it's a little bit more in your own domain. You're you're under your own control a little bit more. Yeah. Do you find that the, the handover is the, one of the key steps to the customer to fully integrate them into the new systems? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, the, the amount of takeover jobs that I've been involved with, um, and I'm, I'm locked, so I haven't done any... Um, Control 4 or KNX takeover projects. So I'm talking just about Loxon at the moment, and it's nothing, not slating Loxon because it's 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 whoever does the installation or has is in charge of the project. But <clears throat> there is just so many customers, are, and obviously this is why I'm taking them over. They just haven't been left with a system that is functioning to its full capability. And and it's like there hasn't been any communication, any conversation with the client as to how they live in the property, any suggestions to, you know, this might work well for you guys based on what you've just said. Um, none of that. And and then it just is it's it's just awful for the client that's just spent thousands of pounds on, on this system. And then, and then they kind of, cause they don't necessarily understand it fully. They then kind of think, Oh, it's, it's locks on locks on's rubbish. When mm. actually it's, it's the, 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 the person or firm that's installed it, they haven't properly handed over and programmed it in line with how you live. So yeah. it's, it's, it's it, it pains me <laughs> to see this, but it's, it's quite, it's yeah, it's quite prominent out there. Yeah, I suppose it's beneficial for yourself, isn't it? Because you're mopping up at the end of the day. Yeah, but I'd rather have the project from the start, you know. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah there is that. Yeah, I mean, but, obviously, next time when the upgrades come. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's great to like then have clients that you're then in sort of fairly regular contact with, and you know, you can go in for service calls and maybe set up maintenance contracts, and you know, if, if you do good jobs for them you know people talk word of mouth and it might you know one of their friends then might be interested so so it's all it's all good it's all good in terms i mean i'm not as familiar with the the smart home sector if, if we want to call it that um what, what do you think is the next up and coming thing for for smart homes <clears throat> voice for sure i mean at the moment it's um it's in its early days and so when I talk about voice, I'm not just talking about Amazon, Alexa and, and Google and, and Apple HomeKit. I mean, those will probably be sort of the, the speakers or the microphones that we speak through into our home. But, yeah, I, I think and an assisted living as well. So I just think there's with what with that and think integration with stuff like eye gaze, you know, for, um, yeah, people that um aren't necessarily fully able-bodied that have to rely on things like you know speech and eye movement and stuff i think there's there's so much that can be done in assisted living and and yeah just rather than um anything that you can do with a switch or on your phone you know you can do through your voice Mm. so i think it's not there yet and i think there's there's some guys in the industry that are sort of um pioneering that um i've not done any yet 
a sort of wait till wait till it's been sort of tried and tested first. But but yeah, I think that's the way it's going. I know that's a, that's a really interesting development. And and energy, you know, energy management, a, energy saving, renewables. Obviously, with the current climate, I think it's inevitable that that's that's going to be a thing. You know, better better utilization and integration of, of renewables so solar air source heat pumps ground source heat pumps and mm. electric cars and battery storage and all of that yeah have you had any dealings with any of that as yet no i haven't actually um no <laughs> but but you know it's, it's stuff that i'm i'm able to do just not had any um I mean, I'd, I'd love, I'd absolutely love to be involved in like a, an eco home, you know, proper off grid eco home project that's using like this sort of technology to manage it all. Yeah. Um, I need to get out there and, and push it, really, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's definitely I'm seeing more and more EV installs and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's definitely building. I'm not seeing so much of the ground source heat pumps or, or anything like that. Yeah, as, I think as of yet. ground source heat pumps, they're really expensive to install and you've got to build massive trenches and all of that. So they're probably not. Um, yeah, most most people probably aren't up for that. But air source heat pumps that see. Yes. Common, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that's probably bringing most of my questions to a, a natural conclusion. Yeah. Um, I, I do have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favourite movie? Oh, uh, God. Well, there's, there's so many, isn't there? The, the, the ones that stick in my head are, are I, I love Batman. I'm all about Batman. Oh, you love even, Batman. Even as a cat, kid. So, um, e- even the George Clooney ones? No, no <laughs> not those, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I've actually just recently watched all three of the, the Nolan ones again. So, yeah, really love those. And I... I I watched this years ago, but it's always stuck with me. Uh, Green Mile, have you seen that? Yeah, I do like Green Mile. Yeah, with, yeah with Tom Hanks. Yeah, so yeah, really, really enjoyed that film as well. But I mean, there's loads of good films. It's just remembering them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll go with Green Mile. That's a good, uh, a good one to put you down as a marker. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's been fantastic chatting to you. So you know, thank you very much for. for yeah, thanks for having me, Gary. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, brilliant, and uh, thank you everyone for listening.